Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. What's going on, veterans? Welcome to another Facebook Live. I just want to say happy Wednesday to all the veterans out there. Thank you for spending the time with us today. Uh, Before we get started with today's topic, uh, we're going to go ahead and give it a few minutes, let people trickle in, uh, as well as we'll go ahead and go ahead and start sounding off in the comments here. Let us know where you're tuning in from, what branch you are, what years you served. Go ahead and throw that in the chat here while we wait for everybody to jump on. How are we doing today, Coach Mitch? Doing great, Coach Mark. Thanks for being here, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. Excited to get to spend some time with you today. Yes, sir. Going over an important topic today. Going over some different options when you get your VA claim denied. I know a lot of us have been there. That's for sure. Got the, we got the one and only, the main go-to guy, B. Reese himself. What's going on, Brian? How you doing, sir? Austin, Texas. Welcome, Keith. Navy from New Jersey. Mr. Thompson. I know we got to have some Army veterans out there. Yeah, usually we got two up for the Air Force now. Usually the Air Force gets smoked, man. It's usually between Army and Navy. What's up, guys? South Carolina, National Guard. Welcome. Welcome, Lee. There we go. Air Force. Still going strong. He's in England. Very cool. Thank you for your service, Johnny. Yep, Navy's coming on strong now. Yep, here we go. Glad to have you guys here today. Air Force, Pensacola. Welcome, Kurt. few more minutes guys we're going to go ahead and kick off here in a little bit we'll read that disclaimer off to you guys and we will get this show on the road all right all right mitch we'll go ahead and uh we can go ahead and introduce ourselves to everyone watching here you want to go ahead and go first yeah thanks coach mark uh just a little bit about me real quick with everybody uh, veteran coach Mitch Lockwood here at VA Claims Insider. I recently retired from the United States Army. My story is really similar to, I'm sure, many of yours. As I transitioned, I really felt overwhelmed and frustrated many times when it came to VA compensations. Uh, you know, I reached out to many mentors that I had in my career for advice. Uh, I'm very grateful for the advice they gave me. Uh, but to be honest with y'all, I was still kind of confused as I went through the process. I was uh, talking with a buddy of mine. I found out about VA Claims Insider uh, from a really good friend and truly believe that here at VA Claims Insider, 
it's a bridge, right? Uh, to help us veterans get the benefits we need. And the calling inside to be here and serve and continue to serve veterans is really a passion that I have. So I'm excited to be here today. A little bit about me. There you go, Coach Mark. It's all right on, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And thank you for your service. Um, I'm also a client before I was a coach many years ago. So same stories, right? Glad we're talking about denials today because I've definitely had my fair share of frustration with that. Uh, Transitioned out. I was definitely underrated and frustrated. Found Brian Reese and all the great content he put out for vets. And I actually, way back in the day, believe it or not, Coach Mitch was trying to become a coach. Like I even messaged Brian on LinkedIn. I was was shooting my shot to try and get onto the team just because there's definitely not a place like it when it comes to the camaraderie and, you know, everything that comes with being active duty and transitioning that to uh, the the work civilian life has definitely been a, a great benefit to being a coach here. But Absolutely. yeah, without further ado, why don't you go ahead and let's kick off this disclaimer, read the disclaimer off and we can get this topic started. All righty. So disclaimer, we are not accredited agents, VSOs, attorneys, or any other entity recognized by the Department of Veterans Affairs, the VA, and we are not affiliated with the VA in any way. VA Claims Insider is an education-based coaching and consulting company for disabled veterans exploring eligibility for increased VA disability benefits and who wish to learn more about that process. VA Claims Insider also connects veterans with vetted independent medical professionals in our referral network for medical examinations and independent medical opinions, IMO, for a wide range of disability conditions. Right on. Thank you, sir. Thank you for that. So before we jump into the topic for today, uh, just real quick, wanted to talk about some of our coaching services right here at VACI. Uh, If you do take advantage of our elite program, uh, you're going to follow what we follow, which is proven to work, strategy, education, and medical evidence. Uh, go ahead and, and get signed up if you're running into these roadblocks, these denials, these, these different things that can be very frustrating. Uh, if you get a coach, it's going to come with a strategy session. That's kind of the first step, putting all your, it's very case by case, round by round basis with these veterans. So depending on the specifics, on the different things for your strategy or for your claim, that's when we can kind of put together that game plan and that path forward on getting you the service connection you deserve. Uh, we're going to help you with the submission process as well. So it can be very confusing with the different forms and numbers and things that should be submitted this way or that way. So we're going to help kind of guide you through step for step and uh, help you get that claim submitted. And then finally, the most important part, the crucial part here is the CMP preparation. Uh, making sure that you are fully prepared and good to go for that exam day because that is the most important day of this process there is also all kinds of other resources so here at vaci the coach we are your main go-to we are here for you to help guide you but there is a plethora of information out there for you guys that you get access to Uh, to include we've got live zoom classes we do it three times a day coffee with the coaches uh, we've got mental health Mondays, CMP preps, Q and A's, which is, you know, even if you don't show face on camera and jump on, it's it's good to just jump on. You can hear other veterans ask their questions. Other coaches have their, you know, input on matters. So just if you're interested in getting signed up with the elite member, we even have a discovery call, which if you want to learn more, it's a free discovery call. You can talk with one of our team members. 
about VACI, the different things that we can offer and do for you. So please take a look at that if you are interested. And without further ado, Coach Mitch, let's get into today's topic of what options we have if our claim is denied. Absolutely. I'm excited, Coach Mark. So what options do you have when your claim is denied? You may be feeling frustrated and confused. The good news is there's three options out there to overturn VA decisions. Okay, so just to touch on those three, there's the higher level review, which you'll hear as HLR. You know, we love our acronyms, but higher level review, supplemental claim, and the Board of Veterans Appeal, the BVA. Mark, why should you appeal a VA claim decision if your VA claim is denied? Yeah, so there's a few different things to look at here. First and foremost, real quick, what is the Board of Veteran Appeals? I got some notes here too. So if you see my eyes going up and down, I'm just trying to make sure I'm getting you guys accurate information. Uh, but so what is the Board of Veteran Appeals? The Board of Veteran Appeals, the BVA, is an organization within the VA that reviews decisions made about claims or benefits. Uh, the BVA has the power to overturn decisions made by your regional office about your disability claim. The board consists of many different law judges led by a chairman, vice chairman, and many people on the administration staff to help the judges review these claims. If the VA made a mistake, so here's the why behind why. If, if you get your claim denied, right, the VA may have made a mistake in processing your claim or outdated or incorrect information. Uh, perhaps you have new evidence that wasn't available when you filed your original claim and you may not have submitted enough proof that you have a diagnosed disability or enough proof of your disability negatively impacting your ability to function. Uh, remember, to file a winning VA claim, you have three elements that you have to prove and provide. So you have to prove a medical diagnosis. Okay, You have to have a current diagnosis of that disability or that condition if you have any shot of getting that condition connected. You have to have that medical nexus linking your active duty military service to your disability and then the severity of your current symptoms for that condition itself right so if at any of these times long story short if you have ran into a denial where your claim was not service connected depending on the specifics of that denial or that decision uh, and what that missing link is would depend what option would be best for you to appeal it so luckily now we've got, like you said, the HLR, the supplemental route, and even the BVA, which we'll get into a little bit uh, here at BACI. We really focus on the HLR and the supplemental just because of timelines, you know, how long the process can take at the BVA versus if you do just HLR, do a supplemental claim. But can you talk to us a little bit about Coach Mitch? Talk to us a little bit about that HLR, about the yeah. higher level review. Sure. So a higher level review is it is one of the easiest reviews you can request. When you file for an HLR, an experienced decision review officer, or DRO, uh, who, is a, who was not involved in that original decision, takes a fresh look at your, your VA claim. So really go on, you know, in, up in like a chain of command, right, to that, that subject matter expert. So what are some reasons why you would choose the HLR? Uh, if the VA made a mistake in deciding on your VA disability claim, a higher level review might be the best option for you. Time is the biggest factor when really choosing an HLR. 
HORs generally are faster than an appeal to the judge, as Coach Mark was talking about. Uh, don't choose an HLR if you have new evidence to submit, as new evidence will will not be considered. And I know Mark, you know, plans on talking about this with the supplemental, so I'll kind of just leave that alone. Uh, a few examples of when you really want to file that HLR with your decision making. The VMA have done a process in here. An example, maybe the effective date from your intent to file is showing different, or you see some other, you know, error in the decision. If the VA failed to consider evidence, if they don't discuss specific evidence that you submitted, the VA has that obligation, that duty to assist, right? So when you're looking over a decision letter, you really want to look at the evidence, make sure that the evidence you submitted is documented in it. Inadequate reasons and basis. The decision letter doesn't tell much or consider your evidence at all. Your rating doesn't match your evidence, right? Uh, you might be service connected. However, the evidence you provide might justify a higher compensation. Uh, exams. During the HLR, you will not do another exam. Uh, filing time for an HLR. One year from the time of the decision letter. You have one year from that time of the decision letter to submit an HLR or the higher level review. Mark, you want to tell us about the supplemental? Yeah, yeah, of course. Let's get into that. And real quick, so just to kind of reiterate here, so the higher level review, the HLR, sometimes as frustrating as it can be, as annoying as it is, the VA just gets it wrong. You can do everything right on your end. You can submit your fully developed claim. You can have your evidence. You can make sure that you've prepped up for that CNP, knock the CNP out of the park. You can do everything right, and the VA still can make the wrong decision, right? So that higher level review, what it's really intended for is that's letting the VA know, hey, you guys messed up. You guys need to retake a look at this. Uh, that higher level review, that senior reviewer then will then take a look at the case and all the evidence that was submitted and whether there was a duty to assist. A uh, difference of opinion, even if, if they're a senior reviewer, they've got a difference of opinion, they can then send that back and it just keeps you in the fight. So again, depending on the specifics as to why you were denied and how you filed your claim that was denied, what evidence is there, like you said, that, that decision letter is key. That thing is crucial because it's it's like a roadmap, right? It'll tell you, and we're going to go through here some some examples here on uh, some different things you should potentially HLR versus supplemental, vice versa. But really, at the end of the day, um, that HLR is going to be kind of that first step if you did everything the right way. Now, the supplemental claim, again, this is a good option if you have new and relevant evidence. So if new evidence has surfaced since you've originally filed that claim, that's when the supplemental route is for so just to look off the notes here so previous denial if you were previously denied a claim and wish to reopen that claim based on the new and relevant evidence this would reset your effective date to when you reopen the claim not when you initially filed the original claim um, if your rating doesn't match your symptoms you provide additional medical evidence to support your symptoms that are more severe than your initial rating decision from the va if your BVA appeal was denied, and if you filed an appeal with the Board of Veteran Appeals, and you continue that claim by filing new and relevant evidence with a supplemental claim. If you submit any new and relevant evidence, 
you want to be considered this, or I'm sorry, if you want to submit new and relevant evidence, it'd be considered as part of the supplemental claim, right? So the good and exciting part about this, guys, is now because of the supplemental process, you are never out of the fight, right? That's why we say don't give up, you know, keep fighting, keep going for the benefits that you deserve. Because of the supplemental option, you can then always, whether it's build more evidence, gather more evidence, you know, get your butt to the doctor, like Brian always says, you can start to gather and do the things necessary to say, hey, look, you know, for example, say they deny your claim for the nexus. Hey, yes, we acknowledged, you'll even see sometimes on the decision letters, it'll show you favorable findings. So like they can acknowledge, hey, you've been diagnosed with this condition. We agree, we are acknowledging you've got the condition, but not service connected due to no nexus, right? Which is that link between the medical condition and your service. So at that point, if you were to go say, get a nexus letter um, and that opinion of that provider, that professional was that the two were connected, you can take that nexus letter to file supplemental. It is then new and relevant evidence for that rater, the review officer to take a look at and then hopefully change that original decision, especially if you're providing that missing link, right? Because then you're meeting the elements of the Calusa triangle, which we spoke briefly about earlier, but current diagnosis, in-service event, uh, and or aggravation, and then the nexus. So again, that supplemental, if there's that missing piece and it's something clear as day that you know you need to then go get in order to send back, i.e. same thing, say that the diagnosis or they didn't recognize and acknowledge that you had a diagnosis for that condition. Well, now you know the first thing you need to do before anything is go to the doctor, get seen, get checked out, let them know what's going on, that way you can get your clinical diagnosis and move forward. Yeah, that new relevant evidence, that's that's key there, you know, uh, with that supplemental. If there's one thing there, remember that, uh, new relevant evidence. Sorry, Coach Mark, but you're hitting right on it, so. No, yeah, no, thank you. And, and not to get too off track here, but here's, so when you choose to file a supplemental claim and you're able to add new and relevant evidence, not previously considered, and a reviewer determines whether that new and relevant evidence changes the previous decision. So what is new and relevant evidence, right? So number one, new evidence, uh, that's information the VA did not have before the last decision. Relevant evidence is information that could prove or disprove something in your claim. So a good example I like to use for this, and I have dealt with this guys for my own claims many times, uh, many of us coaches have, but, for example, I filed for migraines and I got, they, they underrated me. I definitely did not get the rating I deserved when it came to the migraines. So looking at my whole claim and everything that I submitted with that claim, one of the things that I then looked at doing, filing a supplemental claim, uh, not only giving them whatever it was that missing link was, i.e. the Nexus letter, but also you know, a headache tracker. I started tracking my headaches. We've got, you know, there's the Migraine Buddy app, which is a solid way, very detailed. It talks about the different, you know, treatment options. Uh, it even shows when you're clicking through, it lets you select like, hey, I was currently at work and I had a migraine and I had to step away from work and so on and so forth. But ultimately that tracker now being able to show the raters submitting that with my claim and showing them, hey, look, here's how often I'm having them. Here's how you know, severe the headaches are, and here's the frequency 
that I'm having. Those are the three big ones that, that matter, right? How often duration, uh, frequency, I'm sorry, how often frequency, how long they're lasting duration, and then the severity, how much and how big of an impact are they playing in your life? So a lot of times, not only can it be used for just the service connection if it was den a denied claim, but also, again, if you're maybe underrated and you need some additional evidence to support the severity of your symptoms, those are other things and um, ways you can attack that as well. Yeah. Definitely. If you're in that spot and, and some of this stuff is registering with, with these decisions that you might be dealing with, reach out, do a discovery call with us. Uh, you know, we've been there. We're here for you. That's why we're here as veterans. Uh, strongly encourage you. Welcome to the family. Come on board. I just said, yes. a come on board. <laughs> yeah, come talk to a coach. A lot of this stuff is super specific, guys. It is very much so depending on, again, what's in that decision letter, what that missing link is. For some of you, an HLR is a better route. Sometimes, like I said, the VA just got it wrong and you need to send that straight to a senior reviewer, have them look at it with no other evidence for you to submit. Sometimes you've submitted everything and it goes that route. Other times, especially if you're running into that, that brick wall, right? Like I usually say, go for the higher level review first. If it makes sense, if you submitted your evidence, a fully developed claim, if it should have been connected, higher level review. Um, I believe the statistic, I'll have to double check. I believe it's about a 38% um, overturn rate. Yeah, so the new, according to the VA in 2021, so it's a little outdated, but under the new VA appeals process, 38% of appeals were successful. Since switching over to the new process, appeals are more often approved when compared to the legacy process, usually about 5%. Uh, so even the headache factor and how, I don't wanna say smooth and easy of a process because by no means is it smooth and easy, but the timing of it, right? That third option, if you were to say you run into that wall and the higher level review is continued and then you supplemental and they still denying your claim. There are more options. There are times and cases where you would want to, you know, go to the BVA, the board of veteran appeals that we don't really do too much with that. That's more of, you know, the legal world and we are not accredited attorneys. Um, and, and really the way I look at it, and again, it's different for everybody case by case, but the timing and how long the BVA takes as opposed to the ability of, hey, you can just get new and relevant evidence or you can obtain that evidence to you know, support your argument. Typically, that's, that's the way that I go. Um, sorry, Mitch, your camera just shut off on us. But so typically... You still with us, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I got you loud and clear, but I definitely lost visual. All right. Let me see if I can pull this back up. Sorry about that. There's no, those. no, no worries at all, man. I just want to make sure you're still with us. But um, I just lost my train of thought. The BVA. Yes, timing. So the timing of the BVA. That's where claims go to take a very long time. Um, that's when I'd say on the, on the side, I says it says 12 to 18 months. 
that's where you hear the stories of, oh, it can take years. They've been pending. They've been waiting. And there's definitely a time and place for that. But given the different options through the HLR, through the supplemental, and what all they can uh, do for you to fight, my philosophy as a coach is what is the, the fastest, the easiest, and the cheapest way to the top of the mountain, right? There is more than one way to skin a cat. A lot of times veterans will have things that are underrated that we could look at increasing. They'll have secondary connections that they didn't even know were possible for us to, to tackle and, and go for if you know it's applicable to them. So not that we avoid it, but typically there's better and easier routes forward for a lot of veterans that can expedite the process, um, make it a lot faster of a process. So what decisions can come from a board of veteran appeals? So you can get several types of decisions from the BBA. Uh, we've got granted, right? Your appeal has been successful. The board can assign you a rating decision and effective date that your regional office must honor. However, sometimes the board merely overturns the decision and your regional office will issue a rating percentage and effective date. They can remand it. So if they remand it, your case has been sent back to the original VA for further review with additional instructions to better explain your claim. Uh, often medical evidence gathering, remands are usually required if the law changes, if the condition on appeal worsens, or if the veteran presents new evidence to the board. And then lastly, denied. The BVA has denied not to overturn that VA's original decision on your claim. Again, guys, you're never out of the fight. You can always get new and relevant evidence, even at that point. If Whether it's a claim that was denied six months ago or a claim that was denied six years ago, you can get new and relevant evidence to speak to what's currently going on to potentially get that service connected. Um, let's see, Mitch, if we're going over, do you want to go over some examples here of what evidence and, and the requirements for the evidence when it comes to the bba or yeah so the form is new evidence right what what do you think would entail that to be so just a few different sure. uh, things that would be considered you you got it yeah with new relevant evidence mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah so i i mean you've kind of touched on it coach mark when you really look at like that logical rationale linking it together, right? That nexus or that independent medical opinion is always going to be any medical evidence is, is going to be new and relevant. Sometimes you do got to get a little bit creative too and, and kind of think outside the, the box in, in, in a sense, right? Mark brought up a great example, uh, you know, going to use your line here, Mark, but with, you know, his personal story with his migraines, right? And having that documentation showing that frequency, severity, and that duration. So sometimes it might be, you know, being able to bring up some evidence from family members who are seeing some of the things that you might be dealing with, right? That lay statement uh, can bring credibility towards your duration and your frequencies, uh, you know, with things. Uh, where you've been, logs, maybe it could be stuff like, you know, jumping out of airplanes, airplane logs, right? Out of helicopters, uh, being able to show a certain relevant evidence that contributed to a specific claim. Uh, off the top of my head, those are just a few, Mark. You got anything you want to add? Yeah, I'll just, I'll spit them off here too. Cause we've got, so if you've got a new medical diagnosis or of a disability in a condition, 
Um, any change as far as in stressor events for your service connection, uh, medical evidence of current symptoms, right? If you've gone to the doctor and you've got something that's more updated or current in your blue, if you get seen by the VA, even, you know, you can download your blue button report and see everything uh, evidence wise, but format wise that the doctor inputs uh, statements in support of claims, VA form 21-4138, buddy letters, if you can get any buddy letters who can speak to, especially if it's like that event, that in-stressor event, they were there with you. Uh, medical research and studies, this is, you know, again, kind of falls within the medical nexus letters or IMOs, independent medical opinions. That's going to be your highest value as far as evidence go. That's going to carry the most weight. A lot of times, depending again on the, the case by case, which is why it's important if you guys are denied, get with the coach, get with us, because we can look over everything with you and tell you what that that path forward is uh, to focus on the things that matter, right? That strategy education, when it comes to the strategy, when it comes to the education, really what we focusing on getting you there, the path of least resistance. Hey, if you can fight this and send this to the BVA and it might take years, but you're underrated and you're rated at 0% for your back or your headaches or whatever it is, a lot of times knowing what's even possible, what you can file can, can make a, a dramatic difference in your claim process. Yeah. Um, two other things I want to touch on, or we should touch on are the differences. So when it comes to the higher level review, there's a few different ways you can get this done and you can file for these. So you can mail it, you can fax it. Uh, you can even do it online now to where once you log in, um with that higher level review that's going to be done on a va form 20-0996 again that should be the only thing you're completing because you're not submitting any new and relevant evidence with the supplemental claim it'll be a va form 20-0995 in that form is going to be what you'll include with whatever your new evidence is so 0995 along with my nexus letter i'm sending that back to the va for them to take a look at the new evidence and hopefully change that original decision oh. um and then for the bva that form number is going to be one zero one eight two and again there is a time and a place for it for sure but ultimately uh, these new routes, the modernization, you know, appeals with the supplemental and with the HLR, these are definitely uh, beneficial for us to fight our claims and get that new and relevant evidence. Absolutely. Time-wise, one last thing, man, I didn't I mean to cut you off there. So time-wise, again, that BBA is typically 12 to 18 months. When it comes to the supplemental and the HLR, the goal the VA shoots for, and this can fluctuate slightly, but the goal is about 125 days, so about four to five months. I have personally had them happen much faster within weeks. I have had them take much longer. I've got one personally right now that I've been, you know, sitting on for, I can't tell you how long. It's been it's been about nine, ten months of, of back and forth and waiting on the HL, I HLR did, I supplemental, I HLR did, I supplemental. So again, you're never out of the fight. You can continue to fight, get that new evidence and or Sometimes they just get it wrong. And although that's frustrating, if that happens, don't just, 
you know, lay over and take that. You can higher level review it, send it to a senior reviewer, do what you need to do to fight back. Yeah, and I would just say there, <clears throat> Coach Mark, uh, you know, really that discovery call, finding out more, you know, with DA Claims Insider, right? And Coach Mark talking about the strategy and that education. Uh, but that medical evidence with that referral network that we have uh, to partner up with and get you that, a lot of the time that is what you're going to need. Uh, and, you know, if you have questions or you feel like this might relate to you, please reach out to us. Yes, very much so. We've got quite a bit of time here. Uh, that's really, um, I don't want to say that's it because there's definitely way more to it, but higher level review, supplemental claim, and the BVA. Those are the three things. If you are denied a VA claim, you can fight back on it. There's different ways to do that depending on your case, depending what that missing link is, fight back on it. But we've got time now, guys. Um, actually real quick, I'm going to recap just on what VACI, the elite program has. Again, we do the strategy, education, medical evidence. We do one-on-one -on -one coaching with that strategy session, claim submission, CMP prep, right? That strategy session, that's really when we're going to sit down, review your decision letter with you, uh, go through, see what evidence was submitted and what potentially we can do to fight back. Uh, and CMP prep. Live classes via Zoom, three times a day, coffee with the coaches, claim submission, CMP prep. And we even have specialty classes where we go over higher level reviews, more in depth, the BVA, supplemental claims, all that good stuff that's more specific uh, to the claim itself, even condition wise. I uh, will say I'll kind of end it on, at VACI, we are a family. We are very much so a team. So when it comes to really what you're getting, you're not just getting your one coach. You're not just getting your resources. You're getting the whole squad, the whole family at VACI. Now, if I have an issue or something I run into where I'm not sure, I can take it to my senior, you know, the senior coaches or other coaches. We can get together and kind of help formulate the best way forward as a whole. So that's my little two cents on that. Get started that discovery call if you have questions that you just want to knock out to make sure that we're a good fit for you. But yeah, we can uh, start rocking and rolling with some Q&A. I know you guys probably have lots of questions, so feel free to throw your questions up and we'll start knocking these out. Awesome. What questions do we got today? We're just waiting for the questions to pop up. There we go. Junior Ramirez, I got a mental disorder claim pending. If it gets denied, is it wise to file another claim for another issue while filing for a supplemental on the denied? There's it's a great question, Junior. There's definitely uh, some strategy with stuff. Uh, when you're looking at a supplemental, Coach Mark, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it, the supplemental doesn't affect a new service connected claim, correct? As far as the timing of the process and the process it follows, I believe so, correct. But the one thing I'll add to that, not to cut you off and interrupt you, Coach Mitch, but 
a lot of times when it comes to the strategy, it can matter in the sense of if that mental disorder claim that's pending goes through and gets service connected, that could potentially change what you can file secondary down the road or whatever that future claim was going to be. So it is very case by like the case by case, more specific questions. I would say it just, that, that would be something you want to get with a coach with and get tied up with him because he could look at something and say, Hey, yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's file this, this new claim as well while we're waiting on this HLR supplemental and, or, Hey, let's let this clear out. And depending on that outcome, then we'll have our path forward. Great point coach. Great point. Junior, hopefully that answered your question, especially when it comes to mental health. The reason I say that mental health is one of those claims that is very high value, not just rating wise in terms of the average percentage, but in terms of what you then open up to possibly get secondary service connected, right? Because not just causation, but aggravation. So if you've got things like headaches, SCRD, IBS, you know, the list kind of goes on and on. There's a lot of common secondaries to mental health itself. We got Jerry here, coach. Uh, what was Jerry Henderson? What was the form number for the HLR? That was a uh, 20-0996 BA form. One thing real quick on the HLR that I forgot to, to touch on. So there's a few different options that you have. And I encourage all my veterans and I let them know because there's a there's a box that asks if you want an informal conference call. Now, the coaching and the strategy, I, I again, I let my veterans know, hey, that is your opportunity to be heard. If you would like to, to speak and, and have that call, by all means, that's there for you. But going back to the important stuff, the timing, getting this to go through the process, you know, as fast as possible and getting cleared out and being able to keep working and moving forward with it. That informance, that informal conference call is something that could potentially slow your claim down and, and take a little bit longer in that appeals process. So we typically, me personally, for all of my claims that I have HLR'd, I have never once uh, requested an informal conference call. So just something to keep in mind as well. Great point. That was something we were talking about earlier. Yeah, it was. It's one of those things where it's like, I really want to, I want to be heard and give my story, but a lot of times it's not the best move, man. <laughs> got a lot of questions on here today, coach. We I'm do. Gonna I don't. I'm going to just, so we got, I'm just kind of going down. Uh, Jeffrey Marks, are medical studies good for supplemental claims? And do you have resources for valued studies? So any medical evidence you you provide, right, as new and relevant is always going to be one of the most important to answer that question. So I would say yes. Okay, Jeffrey. Um, with us specifically, that referral network that we do have to outside providers to really come up with that rationale off of the evidence that you provide to link that diagnosis to A, either a service connection, your time in the military, or a secondary condition you might be dealing with. And, you know, I want to be clear because it's a great question, Jeffrey. I'm no doctor, but that's where that medical evidence is vital. So to answer it is yes. And yes, we do have referrals over to help get you that evidence. 
Good stuff. So Vonda Rourke Martinez asked, so if something was previously denied several years ago, can we still request an HLR? So the time frame or the timeline of filing an HLR specifically, that's the one with no additional evidence. That has to be filed within a year of that decision. So if you were denied December 13th, 2022, you have until the next following year to file that HLR on that. However, you can always, always file the supplemental route and get the new evidence. If for whatever reason you missed that window and it's been some time, uh, you'll actually, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, actually, if you, th this happens quite frequently, I have a lot of vets who will file and try to uh, appeal a claim or they'll file a new claim forgetting that they filed that claim or condition, you know, five, 10 years ago, whatever it was, they won't, deny but they'll close that claim out they'll close it out and they'll send you a thing in the mail that you know hey this was closed please fill it out and redo it on the proper form on the 0995 so it doesn't matter when the time like of when it was denied or how long ago how long it's been if it was ever denied in the past it has to be through the supplemental route and if it was denied you have a year to file that hlr for that hlr option yep 12 months one thing too, real quick, just kind of looking through stuff here. An another important part too, when it comes to your claim, a, a little bit off subject here, but is that intent to file and just, you know, passing along with you always, you know, as veterans, uh, you know, have an intent to file on record, you know, because you just never really know when you might be trying to resubmit or uh, do that supplemental or, you know, any other service connections. through some of these other questions here. So Lee Gallman Jr., do you have to apply for P&T? Currently at 90%, going through MEB process, have several pending claims. So if you've got several claims pending, hopefully that puts you over. And how P&T works, um, there's multiple factors, right? Age is a big one. If you're typically over 55 and older, uh, the condition, if that condition is considered static or not, which really just if your conditions, if there's a likelihood that that can improve and get better over time, then you could potentially have that not grant you the P&T. If you've got conditions and there's something that's just not going to go away and that they're more than likely something you've been dealing with for a long time and it's just it's constant. These are there's multiple factors to that P&T. You can send a P&T request letter if you do not. And if you get that 100% and they don't grant the P&T, you can, we do, Telemedica does and can look at, they have to do a records review and all that good stuff uh, to verify. But if they can write you a P&T request letter, you can submit for that and I guess apply or request that. But a lot of times it just happens, I don't wanna say naturally, but it just happens right off the bat so you hopefully potentially depending on those factors age if the conditions are static and whatnot you don't have to worry about it but if they don't grant it you can always yes apply or submit for that request coach mark i'm going to go back up here it looks like uh jimmy thompson had put in comments on here earlier i got out in 1997 and never had out processing physical didn't know anything about claims for 10 years Will it be harder to prove a claim due to this? Jimmy, it's a great question. Uh, 
that's that's why we're here. I promise you that. Like most of us with our culture in the military and going to the doctor and things like that, uh, you know, we didn't do necessarily such a good job, right? You know, it was suck it up. Hey, I got other things going on, missions, life in the military. Is it harder? You're looking at three different things really when you're looking at a service connection, right? You're looking at, do you have a diagnosis? Do you have that in-service event? Is there specifically time in service where it was documented an event or medical evidence, that doctor? And third, that logical rationale. So really when you get together with us and you're doing a strategy, we're looking over everything to come up with that. I'm gonna see what can coach Mark with that path of least resistance, right? And that's where I strongly encourage you, Jimmy. The answer to your question is don't ever give up. You served, you deserve. Is it harder? It can be sometimes, okay? But we got some of the best uh, coaches here, uh, education, evidence. And when I see comments like that, you're the one I want to talk to, Jimmy. Come on board. Let's make sure we get you the service connections you really deserve, sir. Good stuff, man. So... Facebook user asks, do they always call you on HLR reviews or do they sometimes make a decision without calling you? <clears throat> so if you, especially if you don't select the conference call option, they can and do make a decision. Now there's a few different things that can play out once you file your appeal, depending on what decision that senior reviewer is going to make on it. Uh, like for mine personally, when I hire level reviewed, they found a duty to assist, they found an error and they set me back through an ACE exam, which similar to CNP, it's just, I never actually um, received a phone call from them, but they used all of the evidence that was submitted with the claim for them to base their opinion. Um, and then the second go around with the supplemental, they did in fact call, they had a few clarifying questions. So I always tell my veterans not to necessarily expect the phone call, but be prepared for it. That way, if it does happen, you're able and it's all fresh on the mind to speak to the symptoms, speak to what's going on and what you want to be heard for. Great. Uh, Mr. Mendoza, looks like you put, got a nexus from a psychologist for OSA, obstructive sleep apnea, secondary to PTSD. Got denied, letter just stated there was no link. Have you seen a change in the way the VA approves OSA claims in the last year i would tell you you know without looking at your your stuff i just understand that everything really does very vary right mr mendoza but i would say to you first look at that decision letter right look at up at the top make sure that the evidence that you provided is in there because kind of on the subject of that higher level review today right if it's there's evidence missing believe it or not we're all human beings and it really can happen where evidence just is put to the side or, you know, misplaced or not even noticed. So when you see that, it, you know, uh, for your specific example, got denied because there was no link, I'd number one, make sure that the evidence was at least acknowledged, okay? Uh, number two, there can be different ways to kind of look at it. Like Coach Mark said earlier, that denial letter is really a roadmap. It tells us specifically why. So that's something where I look through, maybe it's something as simple as a rebuttal from your doctor with a dispute. Uh, just as an example. So there's a lot of different options there. Don't give up. Talk with somebody. Yes. Even if it was denied, again, uh, medical evidence is, is really the name of the game. If you've got, if you view it and think of it like a scale, 
the more evidence that's supporting your argument and supporting your claim and supporting that it should be connected, it's tipping it over as opposed to evidence that's not in your favor. Right. So again, not and, and the answer isn't always go get another nexus letter or go, you know, do X, Y, Z. Very situational. One of those things that depending on the specifics, maybe you'd be better suited putting your energy and time going for another condition. Or maybe like he mentioned, the rebuttal, even Telemedica, they, they sometimes they get the decision wrong. Sometimes they'll deny it. They'll address it. They'll keep it vague or they'll even specify on what's going on. You can get in touch with the providers that helped you initially with the evidence to see if they could potentially write a rebuttal letter for that. That's a service they offer. And that's a really good service that allows you to file that supplemental claim to keep pushing back on that denial and tipping that scale, if that makes sense. Absolutely. David Hale says, I'm so, I'm just going down the list, guys. I We've got about 10 minutes, so hopefully we can get to all of these questions and knock them all out for you. If we do miss your question, though, uh, again, the, honestly, I would just book a discovery call. Take 15, 20 minutes of your time, if that, answer those questions to see what we could do for you, if we can help you, and you can get to rocking and rolling. Uh, but David asks, so I'm sorry, got on a little late. Very proud member of VACI. My coach is Eddie. Eddie's the man. He's one of, he's one of the – we're all good here, but Eddie's, Eddie's the guy, man. You live in California, in the Navy from 1984 to 94, and in the Guard. Thank you for your service, man. It's a lot of time. I have one question. Can you file a new claim while you are in the appeal process? Get with Eddie. <laughs> because the specific on that, again, depending on what's pending, what you're appealing, and what outcome that could have on your future claims could change that answer. So not to, to be vague and have to say get with your coach, but again, the specifics on that really matter on if it's going to be worth filing a new claim while that's being appealed, or if you're better off letting that play out and, and play the, I always call it the long game, right? You want to strategy matters with this stuff. Um, so yeah, hopefully that answers that for you, David. Yeah. And it looks like uh, Mr. Mark Nichols here. Uh, very similar question. Medical board retired 1990 but one and a half years ago submitted an appeal on the original review and was approved to go to the VA uh, federal law judge, waiting endlessly to get on docket. Can I submit a claim for a secondary condition that is different from that appeal? Uh, yeah, you can, uh, Mark. But the thing is, is just like Coach Mark said, just with the last example, is really, you know, they're without looking over all your evidence, I wouldn't feel comfortable giving you like, hey, is that the best choice for Mark, right? because there could be other avenues that are that path of least resistance, right? Uh, just depending on your specific circumstances. The answer though is you can, but you'd really wanna make sure that, hey, this, this isn't gonna come back to bite me later on with specifically what I, what I have submitted from the Board of Veterans Appeals. I know I just kind of recapped on what you were talking about, Coach Mark, but, uh, it can get a little confusing for all of us, right? I mean, you you start looking at some of this stuff, and it's frustrating, you know. And sometimes you, you know, speaking for myself as I transition out, I mean, you you know, you got responsibilities in life, right, and family and decisions and just life in general. And uh, the VA is one of the best things out there for us as veterans, you know. It it really is. 
unfortunately, when it comes to our VA compensations, speaking for myself, I'm really used to getting that direct answer, you know, and sometimes the stuff, just because each of us are individually different, it really, there is that strategy, education, and getting the right medical evidence to support that claim that you know you deserve to be compensated for. So strongly encourage you once again, one of the best things I've ever been a part of is here at VA Claims Insider and what they're doing. Uh, do that discovery call, being as open and vulnerable as I can with you. I've been there. Uh, I know Coach Mark has been there, uh, you know, and we really have that passion to continue to be selfless servants, right? Yes, sir. I know Vonda put medical records from Desert Storm. How do we get those? Uh, we actually had somebody in that chat post that link. Uh, to how to request your military medical records. So I encourage you, there's all kinds of resources. Again, not to, to be redundant here and repetitive, but your coach, we're just one go-to. There is so many resources you can access as a VACI member. Uh, if you become a member, you get access to an insider portal, which has all kinds of templates, documents, how-tos, videos, PDF slides, all kinds of good information that I promise the more you put into it, the more time, energy, and the more you're going to get out of it and the faster you're going to get out of it, right? You're going to learn so much by clicking through. That link is actually from our blog, I believe, which on that blog, again, if you type in a condition or if you type in your state, pull up all your state-specific benefits, there's just all kinds of good, good information for you guys to look into and, and gather up. Um, let's see here. Any Lee put down in here, Gellman Jr., do you have any coaches that medically retired from the National Guard? I'm so frustrated with the MEB process. That is what's really special here. You know, uh, yes, we have all different, you know, veterans from all different branches of service, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, Guard, Reserve. Uh, it's a great question. Definitely. As you know, Lee, it can be challenging when you're looking at your active duty service time and connecting things, I can imagine. But uh, it's definitely a different way of looking at it. To answer your question, yes, there's some great coaches here that were in the in the guard, sir. Very true, very true. Also, Donnie asks, I was stationed in Korea in the 80s. We had a lot of alerts not knowing if North Korean was launching a missile at us. Do you during, I'm assuming, during these alerts, I fear for my life. Could you claim PTSD and depression? So, again, going back to that Kalusa Triangle. First things first, Danny, I would go get a deck. Take, take a bunch of the doctor, right? If you're signed up with our services, you know, we they Telemedica has an independent psych evaluation. That can answer a lot of those questions because that's going to come with in IMO, which is short for independent medical opinion, that essentially is the evidence needed to meet those elements of the Kalusa triangle, right? It comes with that current diagnosis. So potentially, yes, if I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medical provider, but potentially you could be diagnosed with PTSD and depression. It could be both. Um, really, that would be one of those things that I would say, get, get signed up with us. You can get, take advantage of that independent psyche valve. And, and answer those questions, as well as use that as evidence to file and fight a claim. Great questions today. 
looks like we got, well, it's almost to the top of the hour. Uh, just to kind of do a recap on, on the topic today, right? Uh, three different options that you have when you're specifically looking at a decision letter where you were denied. You have that higher level review, the HLR. You have the supplemental claim where you're providing that new relevant evidence. And then you have the BVA, Board of Veterans Appeals. Uh, when it comes down to VA Claims Insider, you know, what some of the things that we provide, I know we've talked about it in depth today, but you have that strategy with your coaches, right? You have that coach strategy with your coach, uh, really help guide you on your claim submission and that compensation and physical preparation, right? Preparing you for what's gonna happen when you submit that claim. Uh, live classes internally with VA Claims Insider, there's three classes going on every day. Uh, the power, in my opinion, with that is really the veterans that are part of it. It's kind of like this here where people are asking questions and it might pertain to someone else and they might be intimidated or scared to ask or they just hadn't thought about it yet. Right. But there's that nugget to pick up in those classes. Coffee with the coaches every morning, uh, claims and submissions, CMP prep class and then the specialty classes like the higher level reviews, sleep apnea, certain specific you know classes. Well said, man. Well said. It definitely feels like home. You guys jump on. A lot of vets just jump on to hang out, start off their day right with some some positivity and like-minded individuals because we all know us vets are a little bit different than most, and that's okay. <laughs> but that is all we got for you guys. Thank you for tuning in and watching our live. I wish you guys all the best of luck and please get with us so we can assist you guys with your BA disability needs. Be safe out there, everyone. Happy holidays to you and your families. Uh, you know, I tell you in the end, appreciate you really just taking the time to hear us out today and stop what you're doing. Be safe, everybody.